It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, and joined for the kickoff of Week 14 by my co-host, Mr. Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, aside from the Steelers game that's going on right now, how are you doing? Uh, oh, is there a game on right now? I didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, there is. Yeah, wow. It's like the Vikings have 14 players on the field. It's unbelievable what I'm watching right now. But uh, yeah, aside from this game, it's it's crazy that we're talking about week 14. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, the Christmas holidays are quickly approaching and I'm starting to get in the festive spirit. So uh, um looking forward to the fantasy playoffs as well. So it's a good time to be uh, alive and a good time to be chatting with you, man. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm, uh, you know, little little down in the dumps the way this first half is going. Uh, spoiler alert, not great for the Steelers. Um, I'm going a little stir crazy, to be honest with you. I've had, uh, I've had a week where um, I've been at home most of the week with one of our uh, boys. He had a, uh, there was a confirmed positive COVID case in his uh, skating group. So all the kids had to self-isolate all this week and into next week and uh that's been what i've been doing so lots of lego lots of uh you know coloring pictures and mickey mouse clubhouse and uh yeah i'm ready to get back to the real world ready to talk some football hot dog hot dog (laughs) absolutely favorite in our household as well oh yeah it's uh it's i gotta say it's growing on me for sure um, but uh, welcome into the show, everybody. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. And if you're a returning Falcomaniac, welcome back once again. It is that time of year we are just about to enter. This is really these next three weeks after this week. This is what it's all about. Like, it's amazing. We have, you know, three and a half months of regular season fantasy football, and it's fun, and there's trading, and there's trash talk, and this and that. But now this is really what we're here for. We're into the playoffs. We're going after those fantasy Falcon championships. All the hard work you've put in uh, is leading up to these next few weeks after we wrap up the season. But there's a lot to still be decided. I don't know. I don't know, Falcomaniacs, if your leagues are anything like ours. But if you listen to la- if you listen to the episode earlier this week, you heard all about how tight our league of note, the league of extraordinary gentlemen, is. Things are going to be decided this weekend that are going to, uh, you know, bring an early Christmas present to some of our league mates and a lump of coal to some others. So uh, if you're one of those people who got your hands together and, you know, you're praying for the fantasy football equivalent of a Red Rider BB gun, we're here for you and we're here to help you get those W's. Yeah, man, it's exciting. I'm in, uh, you know, three leagues this year. One, I'm rebuilding. Two, I'm in uh, right in the playoff race, right in the thick of things, and Everybody in the league is making moves to either improve their roster or to block other people. It's such an exciting time of the year. Um, but we're 85 episodes into the podcast here, buddy. We've been doing the jersey swap a little while now. Let's do it for number 85. Um, I didn't dig too deep, but these were some ex- of the exciting names I thought I'd uh, give you as options. Which jersey would you rock? We got Ocho Cinco, George Kittle, Antonio Gates, Tim Tebow when he was with the Jaguars, or from the movies, we got Rod Tidwell of the uh, Cardinals and uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, as much fun as it would be to have an Ocho Cinco uh, jersey, I'd probably have to go with a George Kittle. Um, you know, you've said it many times this year, he's one of the most exciting players uh, in the league to watch, just the way he uh, plays football, 
you know, total, totally sells out for the win, total disregard for his own well-being. Uh, pretty spectacular talent. I'd be happy to wear that. What about you? Yeah, no doubt about it. George Kittle jersey for sure. Probably the black with the red numbers or uh, one of the classic uh, whites with the red. But yeah, George Kittle for sure. Yeah, some big, a uh, couple of big tight end names on there for sure, including Tim Tebow. Ooh. Yeah. The highest. And, and you know, I, usually I go through the other sports. There were some other, uh, I'm sure hockey players for sure. But basketball has nobody in the 80s. And baseball, it's like when you're a rookie, you get a number in the 80s. And then if you stay around, you get to choose another number. And it's never in the 80s. So not a ton <laughs> of options. But the skill positions in football anyways. Yeah. Well, and Tim Tebow, his uh, tight end jersey was the, wasn't it the number one selling jersey earlier this year for about a That's month? Right, yeah. That's yeah. Put it so, on there. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. a lot of people, I know what they would have picked. Anyways, uh, we've got a lot to get to. We've got to preview all the games this weekend, give you our starts and sits and injury updates and everything you need. Uh, But before we do that, let's hit up the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. All right, Jeff. So kind of a more personal note for the opening kickoff uh, on tonight's show or today's show. But uh, I want to hear about somebody who's causing you personally a little bit of an issue i want you to tell me a player who's on one of your fantasy squads that's causing you to panic a little bit going into the playoffs who is who is shaking your confidence a little bit going into the playoffs well it's i I don't know if i'm answering this properly but it's my rb2 in my work league and I, uh, when I did the draft in this league that year or this year, I drafted Jonathan Taylor as my RB1, which has been outstanding, and was lucky enough to get DeAndre Swift as my RB2. And then I scored Saquon late in the or in, early in the third round as, at the turnaround. So those were my top three running backs. And now going into the playoffs, it's Swift and Saquon. So they're both kind of my RB2, but I don't know which one I could trust for different reasons. Swift is obviously banged up with the shoulder. Saquon's not 100%, but that team is a hot mess as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's my answer. My RB2 in that league is really it's uh, really concerning for me. Uh, backup after that is Chase Edmonds, who's coming off the IR, but it's on Monday night this week, so he can't be trusted, especially with the way Connor's playing. So, uh, yeah, it's a position I thought had lots of depth in kind of just fell off a cliff at the wrong time of the year, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, for me, honestly, uh, my answer has to be Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, I've got a situation in one of my leagues where, um, you know, we start only two running backs and it's a, it's a super flex league, but without a, without an extra flex, basically. So your flex spot is always going to be a quarterback, essentially. So I've got a choice right now for two running back spots with Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon. Um, I had Sony Michelle in there uh, last week with Henderson out and McCaffrey on IR. So basically those three guys. And as of right now, I've got Zeke on my bench uh, and Melvin Gordon with that tasty Detroit Lions, even with, you know, an unknown workload. Now I may switch that up based on some of the news that we're going to get to about Tony Pollard and Zeke, but um, you know, just what I've seen for his usage, what I've seen for his his health, he's just up and down. He's had a couple of, you know, uh, in week 10, he had a big game, almost 20 fantasy points. But really, other than that, he's been kind of RB2 numbers or lower, um, you know, since the first month of the season or so, definitely since the bye week. Um, and without McCaffrey, this is a guy who I've been relying on to do work for my team. So, 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we get back to what's good. I'm hoping that, uh, Zeke just wants to eat, eat, eat and, uh, and holds it down. Well, this is the time of year, right? Where guys you've never heard of kind of make names for themselves. And this is why you're working the waiver wires in week 14, 15, 16, because there are guys that can still win league or win leagues that are available in free agency somehow. The guys are going to get hurt or whatever the case is. So, um, yeah, I mean, some guys like to ride the horse that got them there. Other people, you know, ride the hot hand. And if you've got somebody that's still performing Zeke, it's, you know, it's not the name anymore. It's about what the production's going to be. So, yeah, your work cut out for you. Eee. We'll see here. Um, but anyways, we want to talk about that Cowboys matchup, and we want to talk about all the matchups. Uh, everybody wants to know what they should do, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. So uh, let's give the people what they want, Jeff. Let's hit the NFL previews. Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game. NFL previews. Our first matchup, we've got the Atlanta Falcons at 5-7, taking on the Carolina Panthers at 5-7. 42.5-point over-under in this one, and Carolina's favored by 2.5 points. Somehow, <laughs> this was shocking to me, somehow both of these teams are still right in the thick of the wildcard hunt at 5-7. and seven, they, are, they are so close they can taste it. Um, but I don't know how good this game's going to be. Carolina, they've got the second best defense in the league in terms of yards allowed and second best in the league in terms of passing yards allowed. Um, and that is just going to be trouble for Matt Ryan. He has been struggling. He's been trying to kind of reestablish himself more recently, uh, with Russell Gage as a wide receiver one on his roster. But, uh, in this one, he's going to be looking down the barrel of a really effective pass rush. He's going to be under pressure all day long. Uh, I don't know if Matty Ice is going to be able to stay cool in that situation. Now, on the other side of the ball, we do know that Cam Newton is going to be out there, but we don't know which version we're going to get, Jeff. Are we going to get Ace Boogie or are we going to get Deuce Stinky like we saw before the uh, before the bye week there? Um, there's going to be a change because Carolina fired their offensive coordinator over the bye week. They say they want to commit to the run more, which actually, as weird as it sounds, might be beneficial for Newton. But uh, which way are you leaning? Are we are we getting ace or deuce in this one? I think it's going to be deuce boogie. I don't know. What, uh, <laughs> or sorry, deuce stinky. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's hard to trust. I saw I was watching NFL Network and Adam Rank has Cam as his dub, or QB one on the week. Uh, he loves the matchup so much, but uh, I don't know if I trust him. Um, you know, it's hard to say, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That one's tough. I can't believe the Falcons have five wins. Yeah, that's <laughs> that seems like it could be a typo. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, on Wednesdays they've been going down and playing the Atlanta Junior High program to bolster <laughs> them up a little bit. But uh, looking at the practice reports here, uh, Cordero Patterson didn't participate yesterday, but it was just a day of rest. Nothing to worry about there. Uh, the defense for the Falcons had some starters that haven't practiced yet this week. That's extra concerning. Um, and on the Panthers side, the only real thing of note is that both of their offensive guards uh, have not practiced yet this week. So, you know, they want to run more, but uh, we'll see what happens when you're missing a couple pieces of your O-line potentially. Um, the yeses in this one for me, I would say yes to DJ Moore. Um, I would say yes to Corderell Patterson. I don't really want to, but I guess I would say yes to Kyle Pitts because honestly, if you have a better option, I'd go that way. But you know, he's a, he's a touchdown or bust tight end who doesn't score many touchdowns. So I'd be, I'd be looking to pivot, but if you can't, 
or if you've got him and you can't afford to drop anybody else, then roll him out, I guess. Um, but on the maybe list, we've got a couple of running backs um, for the Panthers. We don't know how this is going to play out this time around, uh, but we've got Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. Um, I, you know, if you got one of those guys and it's a position of need for you, um, you know, you could roll them out as a flex. Robbie Anderson, I'm not that interested, even though the Falcons defense is banged up and has struggled uh, just because I don't think there's going to be a lot of passing volume. And then uh, Cam Newton, you know, again, you just said it. Adam Rank is calling him the uh, the quarterback one on the week. I've heard other analysts saying he's not even going to be top 20 this week. Um, it's, it's your own confidence. Are you going to get what we saw three weeks ago or were you going to get what we saw two weeks ago where he's on the bench in the third quarter and not for a good reason? Um, yeah, personally, I don't think I'd have the, I'd have the intestinal fortitude to roll him out there, but, uh, if you do power to you, I guess. Um, and then on the Falcon side, Mike Davis, I'm not buying into the numbers from last week and the touchdown from last week. Um, he's been disappointing all year and Patterson's going to be the main guy. Uh, Matt Ryan, I'm probably out on the only, the only other player really for the Falcons would be Russell Gage. Um, we talked about, we talked on the lot on the last show about the, uh, increase in targets and, uh, he's seen some increase in production. It's going to be a tough game, but they could be, they could be chasing and they could be just, you know, picking up some garbage time stats, which still count in fantasy. So if you're in need of a wide receiver three, um, or a flex player, then Russell Gage might be an option for you. I got the Panthers in this one, big fella. What about you? Yeah, I do too. I'm not going to put a lot of time into watching this game. I won't lie to anybody, but uh, I think the Panthers will get it done at home. Uh, I am interested to see if they run more, like you said, with the new OC uh, or the old OC out of town. So we shall see. But uh, yeah, that's, I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. Yeah, speaking of ugly, I think uh, the next matchup is just as ugly. Well, you know what? Before we get to the next matchup, I just want to talk about the Steelers game. They just showed a stat that showed Dalvin Cook has 153 yards and two touchdowns in the first half of this game. Uh, Mike Tomlin era is 236 games. In the first 234, he had never given up a 100-yard rusher in the first half of a game, and he's done it two of the last three weeks with Mixon and now Dalvin Cook. So, Holy crow, and I feel so bad for any Dalvin Cook owner that benched him this week because uh, that one's going to sting for a while. Um, anyways, let's get to the back to the NFL previews. Uh, ugly matchup. We got the Ravens at 8-4 and four going to Cleveland Browns at 6-6. Six and six. It's a 42-point over-under with Cleveland, a 2.5-point favorite. Uh, this is, you know, they played a couple weeks ago. It was really ugly. This is the most ante- anticipated sequel since Home Alone 9. Um <laughs> Both teams are really struggling, especially on offense. We saw last week with Lamar couldn't uh, complete passes to seal the, day, the game. And weeks prior to that, he's thrown a lot of interceptions. Baker's playing terrible football as well. Uh, so this one, it could be just as ugly. Uh, the Browns are kind of in desperation mode, though. You know, they're coming off their bye week. They're 6-6. Six and six. If they lose this game, they can basically kiss the division goodbye. Um, and they really are going to lose ground in a t- super tight wild card race. So it seems like every team in the AFC is six and six. So uh, they're going to be very desperate. And I think their defense shows up and, and takes over this game. Um, and I think that's going to be the story of the game. As far as the, the practice reports go, the Baltimore secondary is still pretty banged up with the, the injuries they have. They obviously lost their all-pro cornerback uh, Humphreys last week to, in the Steelers game. Um, and they've been banged up all season with dealing with injuries. Um and on the Cleveland side of all, Jarvis Landry returned to practice in a limited fashion. Obviously, he's very important to that offense and what they do in the passing game. So keep an eye on that. Uh, as far as the yes to the maybes, I'm definitely starting Lamar just because of his legs. He's you know he can't miss as far as that goes. Um, Mark Andrews just based on the volume, you can't 
You could do a lot worse at tight end, obviously. Nick Chubb, I'm starting. And the Cleveland defense, like I said, I think they're going to take over this one. So uh, I'm confident starting them. Uh, my maybes are Landry and Kareem Hunt on the Cleveland Brown side of the ball. I know People Jones and and you might want to get deeper. I don't really trust anybody after Landry and the in the receiving game in Cleveland. And uh, in Baltimore, and Devonta Freeman is getting touches. Uh, he looked pretty good last week, but this Steelers run defense is putrid. So beware and uh, Hollywood Brown I know he had eight catches but it was only for about 51 yards last time he faced the Browns so um, you know he's really dependent on getting a bunch of catches which he doesn't typically do so I don't know if you can trust him this week I am taking the Browns at home yeah this is a tough one man Um, I don't know that the last matchup will indicate like we were both shocked last time at how little the Browns tried to use their run game I think you're right that the defense is going to bring it it's shocking as well that, you know, Cleveland is a team that coming into the season, basically across the board, people said this is the most complete team in the NFL and they are just brownsing it up. Um, I don't I don't know that I really have the same confidence in Lamar Jackson um, as you do. Like the, the upside is always there, right? The upside for a 35 or 40 or 45 point fantasy day is always there. But uh, in his last three games that he's played, you know, he's been under 15 fantasy points when he played Cleveland the last time, um, you know, he rushed it 17 times for 68 yards and they held him to under 10 fantasy points. Um, Something has kind of changed. I don't know if it was Miami figured something out in their game, the way that they blitzed and blitzed and blitzed. Uh, But we saw Cleveland do the same thing. We saw Pittsburgh do the same thing with success. Um if you've got him, it's hard to bench him because you don't want to sit that big day. But, uh, you know, going back to the opening kickoff, he'd be a guy that definitely was giving me a bit of panic. I'm going the other way on this one, though. I think that the Ravens, uh, I think that the Ravens need to bounce back. I think that uh, even with their, even with their banged up secondary, especially um, they've still got the offensive weapons to move the ball and, uh, and they're going to be hungry for a win here. So I got Baltimore. Oh boy, speaking of games that uh, I'm not going to be paying that close of attention to, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at 4-8, and eight, taking on the Houston Texans at 2-10, and 41.5 point over under, and Seattle are big favorites in this one, 7.5 point favorites. Uh, the Texans at 2-10, and 10, see, that seems like a misleading record in that I don't know how they managed to get two wins already. Um, you know, big celebration for the Lions getting theirs, but uh, yeah, Houston got that got that monkey off their back early and, uh, you know, have it really kind of coasted, I guess. Um, Seattle kind of got things back on track last week. We saw a little bit better out of Russ. We saw, you know, another good day for Lockett, uh, but it's not what we hoped for and it's not what we expected. Um, <clears throat> and just a big disappointment in a, for, a, you know, a team that's been a powerhouse for so long and in in uh, probably the toughest division in football to have the season that they're having is a big letdown. The good news for them, though, is that the Texans have been getting crushed at home. Since week one, they've lost all of their home games by an average of almost two touchdowns. Now, does that mean it's going to happen for sure this week? No. Would it be shocking if the Texans' defense got in Russ's face and disrupted him and led to a low-scoring game and everybody you start in fantasy disappoints? No, that wouldn't be shocking. Would it be shocking if both DK and Lockett went for over 100 yards and a touchdown? No, that wouldn't be shocking. 
This is a tough one to predict. This one, uh, the outcome is about as ambiguous as who might start at quarterback for the Texans. Is it going to be Tyrod? Is it going to be Davis Mills? Are they bringing back Matt Schaub? Are they going to dress Deshaun Watson? We have no idea what's happening. I don't think they have any <laughs> idea what's happening. But uh, what I do know is that I don't think any of the Texans are making my lineup this week. Looking at the practice report, um, a little bit of news out of Seattle. Alex Collins was limited. Um, that running back room is getting pretty crowded. Uh, Travis Homer was a DNP today, but we've still got Rashad Penny. We've still got Adrian Peterson. Uh, Collins, potentially, he says he's going to be active. We'll see what happens. This was the big news, though. DK Metcalf has not practiced yet this week. He's been a he's been a back-to-back DNP with a foot injury. Um, so, obviously, he's a veteran. He's a pro. He's a superstar. And uh, if he gets in even limited practice, or even if he just feels good on Sunday, he'll be good to go. But definitely keep an eye because you can't afford those kinds of mistakes in the last week of the fantasy regular season. Um, and on the Texan side, like I said, Tyrod was a full participant, but they haven't announced who's starting yet. Uh, the yes is for me, it's pretty simple. It's the two receivers in Seattle, DK, if he's in and lock it. And I think you can roll Russell Wilson out uh, this week. I am in a couple of leagues where I had Jalen Hurts and needed a bye week fill in. Uh, I think that he looked better last week. And this is one where, you know, he just keeps building that momentum. Uh, The maybes, if you're desperate, you know, uh, personally, I like Rashad Penny as the back to maybe roll out there, but it's such a, it's such a gamble. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with any of them. Um, Brandon Cooks, I don't think, you know, that ship is kind of sailing for me. Um, The talent is there, but we don't, we don't know who's throwing him the ball and whoever it's going to be isn't going to be very good. Uh, What about the Seahawks defense though, Jeff? They haven't been great this year, but going up against a struggling um, Texans team, and uh, they have been able to get some pressure. Do you think that they might be worth a dice roll? Yeah, absolutely. I think that this, like we talked about it on Tuesday or last week, uh, last episode, you know, you're playing the, uh, the matchups, right? Anybody against the Texans is a good start. There, It's Davis Mills. Sounds like he's going to get the start. Even if it's Tyrod, I think you're, you're okay starting Seattle. I mean, they did lose to Jamal Adams for the year with that uh, injury he suffered last week, but uh, I think, yeah, he could do a lot worse than Seattle's D this week. For sure. And uh, both of us have the Seahawks taking this one down. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, this one should be fun, man. Our next matchup, it's a division uh, matchup, obviously, between the 6-6 six and six Raiders going to Kansas City to face the 8-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs. It's a 48-point over-under with Kansas City being 9.5-point favorites at home. That seems like a big spread, uh, considering how much success the Raiders had against the Chiefs just last season. Um and they were kind of playing their best football last year compared to this year. You know, uh, Kansas City, they've got eight wins, so they're right where they want to be as far as the standings go. Uh, they got a W last week coming out of the bye, but they weren't uh, kind of the powerhouse on offense we were expecting. Um, and I don't know, that could be a lot more about Denver's defense than it is about Kansas City's offense, but uh, it's, it's yet to be seen where, you know, People that drafted Patrick Mahomes, where they drafted him, have kind of been disappointed where he's ended up. And even uh, Kelsey's kind of letting you down recently, and Tyreek Hill hasn't been the, the WR you expected him to be. So that uh, you know, fantasy powerhouse offense hasn't been what we've expected. But it's so powerful. It's like, you know, it feels like it's ready to pop anytime, and it could start this week against the Raiders, who are, are giving up a lot of play, big chunk plays to team. So uh, I can't wait to see how this one plays out. Like I said, the Raiders did have success against the Chiefs last year, but uh, that was Gruden and a lot of different faces. Um, I will say, though, Derek Carr is playing sneaky good football this year, and it's been pretty quiet. Um, 
Uh, and I also will say the Chiefs defense has been playing better of late. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think there's going to be a lot of points. That's why it's a 48 point over under, but I think it's going to be tighter than that basically 10 point spread. Uh, as far as practice report goes, we're still missing Darren Waller from practice. Um, you know, he's got one more day to get himself right. Similar to DK, like Kyle mentioned, this guy's a superstar. If he gets in some limited fashion on Friday, he should suit up. But if he's not doing anything, it's it's probably another absence. Uh, and Foster Moreau didn't really live up to the role last week like uh, many people had hoped and anticipated. So, um, I don't know. The, the position still what it, what it is, and he should still see volume. But uh, I would lower your expectations if you're going to have to start him with Waller out. Uh, as far as the yeses, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, and Derek Carr are yeses for me. Jacobs is on my maybe list, but it's like a probably uh, just uh, with the volume and how he's been playing of late and with Kenyon Drake going down, uh, Jacobs could be on the field a lot more. So he's probably closer to yes for me. Um, CEH and Williams split in the backfield in Kansas City. I really don't know if I trust either one of them this time of year. Um, so they're on my maybe list as well. And I think Kansas City uh, gets, it, gets it done, but I think it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think in a PPR or a half PPR league, I would even go, I would lean Williams over CEH. I think either one of them has an opportunity to score a touchdown, but he might get some more passing work. Um, and I agree with you. I think Jacobs is uh, potentially worth rolling out there just based on the volume. Um, and like I mentioned on uh, Tuesday's show, you know, a name to a name to maybe take a look and see if he's out there just in case is uh, Peyton Barber. You know, we've talked about it earlier this season. Sometimes on Sunday morning, if you've got a, a burnable bench spot, if you've got somebody on your bench who it's OK to drop that person. Uh, sometimes it's worth going out and just picking up, you know, look for a backup running back who stands to be in line for a big workload. If something happens, it's not a big deal. You pick them up on Sunday and you can drop them, you know, when you make your waiver wire claims, but, uh, just a, just a good way to, you know, kind of roll the dice to set yourself up, uh, going forward into the fantasy playoffs here. All right, up next, we're looking at the New Orleans Saints at 5-7, and seven, taking on the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, <coughs> at 3-9. and nine. Uh, 43 and a half point over-under in this one, and New Orleans are favored by 5 points. So, uh, looking at these two squads, the Saints are mostly managing to get healthier. Um, we've got Alvin Kamara expected back after missing about a month, um, so that's welcome news to a lot of fantasy managers. Hopefully, uh, you're still in the playoff running here, getting him back. Um, and as well, they look to be getting back some of their key pieces on the O-line and on their defense. Uh, now Cam Jordan, um, he may be out on the, on the COVID reserve list, which would, uh, that would kind of halt, like he's got a, you know, an Ironman streak going, uh, for consecutive starts. Um, so hopefully I hope for his sake that that doesn't happen, but, uh, the rest of the saints defense is going to be there and they are going to be looking to make life H E double hockey sticks for rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. Um, now under center for the saints, it is going to be Taysom Hill. That's what we're hearing, even with the mallet finger injury. Um, but, uh, I don't. I don't think the injury is going to affect him too much. I don't expect a ton of passing in this game. They've also lost uh, wide receiver Deontay Harris to suspension. Um, so, you know, kind of his top passing weapon and obviously the hand injury. But uh, it doesn't seem to matter too much. He's going to run the ball and he's going to run the ball well. 
The Jets defense has not been effective against quarterbacks at all. Um, they've allowed, you know, I think four out of their last five games, they've allowed over 20 points to the quarterback position. So, uh, you know, Taysom Hill is in line to give you some good fantasy production, no matter what his actual performance looks like. And uh, looking at the Jets side of the ball, there's not a lot to love here. Um, you're basically just hoping for some garbage time, uh, you know, some big, some big play connections um, when the game's kind of getting out of hand, I think. Uh, looking at the practice reports for the Saints, Kamara and Hill were both full participants. Uh, Lil Jordan nice. Humphreys was limited, um, but he could be, you know, it's a, it's a remember, it's a very uh, recognizable name, Lil Jordan. And uh, he's made some plays and he might be willing to step, he might be able to step up into a role with, uh, with uh, Deontay out. Um, no, on the Jets side, Tevin Coleman concussion protocol has not practiced. So the guy who kind of looked like he had taken over that backfield, not going to be there. Elijah Moore with a quad injury has not practiced. No. I know this is a killer. The rookie who's all of a sudden standing out, getting it done with four different quarterbacks. Uh, he hasn't been there. They haven't talked much about what they expect his status to be, but absolutely worth keeping an eye on. Uh, they're already down Corey Davis in this one as well in New York. And uh, also on the COVID list, I mentioned Cam Jordan, but Mark Ingram has been placed on the COVID list. He is vaccinated, so he has a chance to play, but uh, it's getting getting pretty close to uh, to game day here. So if he's going to get those two back-to-back uh, negative results, he better get on it quickly. Uh, the yes is for me, if Elijah Moore is healthy and out there, I'm playing him regardless of the matchup. Um, Taysom Hill, I think you can roll him out against the Jets. Kamara, absolutely. Ingram, if he's there. And uh, the Saints defense, I think, is a, is a locked and loaded start in this one. And the maybes, uh, you know, not surprisingly, most of the Jets are maybes. Zach Wilson, I don't think so. Jameson Crowder is potentially interesting, especially if Moore's not there. But, uh, you know, a deep, deep, deep play. Uh, Ty Johnson looks to, to kind of be the man in the backfield if uh, Coleman's not there, but I'm not very interested. And then the other receivers for the Saints, uh, Traquan Smith and uh, Marquez Calloway, I'm, there's other options out there. At this point in the season, I'm hoping that uh, nobody is relying on names like that to make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, I got the Saints in this one, buddy. How about you? Oh, yeah. Big time Saints win. I think they crush them. And, uh, you know, I was watching that show on NFL Network. I mentioned Adam Ranks, QB1. Cynthia Freeland, who is another uh, analyst I really uh, respect, she picked Taysom Hill as her QB1 this week. She thinks he's going to just absolutely crush the Jets. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think the Saints get that one done. Uh, Man, this next matchup, pardon me, is going to be pretty ugly as well. It's the 2-10 and Jags heading to Tennessee to face the 8-4 Titans. It's a 44-point over-under with Tennessee being nine-point favorites. Uh, you know, I was just looking up the stats for Trevor Lawrence the last five weeks. Uh, we're looking at 5.8, 18, 5.6, 6.7, and 3.1 fantasy points. <clears throat> so this guy is, uh, you know, he's not having the breakout fantasy season that many people hoped he would. He's uh, he's struggling to get, you know, acclimated to the NFL. Urban Meyer's getting questioned about his, you know, in-game decisions. And... Um, Pardon me. And James Robinson, you know, he got benched for for dropping the ball last week, but he's their best playmaker and he should be on the field. And Trevor Lawrence is kind of getting vocal about it as well. So it will be interesting to see what happens in Jacksonville. I don't really think it matters as far as the outcome of the game, though. I think Tennessee gets it done. They're getting Julio Jones back, it sounds like. Uh, So they're getting healthy. 
was, you know, slowly getting healthy at the skill positions. And uh, I don't think it really matter based on the rosters. I think they still have enough to get it done. Uh, as far as the injury report, we or yeah, the practice report, we got James Robinson still limited. I uh, did not practice today. And Jerry McMcNichols on the Tennessee side of things is back from concussion protocol. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they use him with um, Hilliard and Foreman kind of you know showing bet well in his absence. Um, my yes is in this game, James Robinson. I'm starting him if uh, he does play. Ryan Tannehill, I think he's going to have a big game, and I think Julio, if he is able to play. Um, hopefully he's passed this hammy injury and I think he could be the focal point of the passing game and have a big day. So, uh, Julio, I'm, I'm starting, uh, my maybes are Lawrence, um, Hilliard. I know, uh, you know, he's had some nice games, but he's not getting a ton of volume. He could happen this game. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to trust them still. And this is such, you know, prime time of the season. You know, if this is week seven, I'd probably have Hilliard on my yes, but a week 14, uh, he's really, really hard for me to trust. Same with Dante Foreman, uh, Carlos Hyde, McNichols. Even LaVisca Chenault, you know, the game script should have Jacksonville throwing a lot, but LaVisca is not having the season I thought he would, so he's kind of hard to trust as well. Um, and Westbrook, kind on the Tennessee side of things, I don't know. I don't uh, – it's not been a great passing game, and I think they can get up and run a lot. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Titans for sure. I just don't know if I trust a lot of players in this one for fantasy. Yeah, it's a real messy one. There's a few of them this week where, you know, there there are players that people are out there and wondering about, and uh, it's kind of a wishy-washy thing to say, but the, the real answer is, I don't know, right? We never know, but uh, it's hard to feel good about some of the situations these players are coming up against, and you're absolutely right where a lot of this could depend on game script, right? We've seen the, we've seen Jacksonville shock teams and keep it close. You know, they did it against Buffalo where they just didn't let the offense get anything going. Um, and we've obviously seen games where they just get rolled over. And if that happens, then we could just see a steady rotation of the uh, the Tennessee backfield uh, just running the clock out. Um, but uh, both of us have the Titans in this one. And uh, if you're starting anybody in this one, uh, put those hands together and pray to the fantasy gods, I guess. All right, we've got another big divisional matchup here, and this one has a lot of fantasy relevance. We've got the Cowboys at 8-4 and four, taking on the Washington football team at 6-6. Six and six. It's a 48-point over-under, and the Dallas Cowboys are four-point favorites in this one. Washington is red hot. They have won their last four games. Uh, they started the season off very poorly and have just, you know, figured it out. They've got things clicking. Their uh, defense lost their best player and decided, oh, well, we're just going to be better than we were with him. Um, Dallas, on the other hand, you know, they started off like a house on fire and now they're trying to salvage a promising season, a season that they had big expectations for themselves. Um, and a lot of people around the league did as well. Now, in his career, uh, Dak Prescott has dominated Washington. Um, you know, obviously they play. They play twice a year. I think he's only lost to them once in the regular season. Um, and looking at them now, uh, Washington is 30th in the league in passing yards allowed. So this could be a big, big bounce back game for the air attack. Um, you know, Amari Cooper sounds like he's back to full health. Uh, C.D. Lamb is feeling good. Dak is feeling good. This could be uh, this could be one of those games where we see things just open up for the Cowboys air attack. Now, looking at the practice report, Zeke was a full participant all week at practice. That's promising. You know, he had been limited. There was rumors of him maybe getting some time off with that knee. But 
his backfield mate Tony Pollard. It sounds like it's a uh, it's a plantar fasciitis injury, and he has not practiced. There's no word on his status for Sunday. But this is a guy who, you know, as recently as this week, people were talking about him being the true RB1 and he may not be active. So make sure you've got a backup plan and make sure you keep an eye on the status of uh, Tony Pollard going into this one. Looking at some of the other names here, Cedric Wilson was limited um, at practice this week. Um, uh, JD McKissick has finally returned to limited practice. He had that scary concussion uh, a couple weeks ago, but he's back out there. And uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end for Washington, he's out there in a limited fashion. Now, he was the main guy um, when Logan Thomas was out earlier this season. Now Thomas has been uh, ruled out for the rest of the year. So if Seals-Jones is able to get healthy, um, we could see him be be a uh, useful piece in this offense again. The yeses, you're mostly looking at the Cowboys side of things, or I think so anyways. I've got yes to Dak, to Amari Cooper, to CeeDee Lamb, to Zeke, to Schultz. And uh, on the Washington side, Antonio Gibson, what he's been doing can't be ignored, what he's been doing the last few weeks. Um, So even against this Cowboys defense, you can roll Gibson out there with some confidence. Now on the maybes, Taylor Heineke, you know, he's had some impressive moments. He's made some good plays. I don't know if I trust him against the Cowboys. Um, this is going to be a tough matchup for him. They're going to be bringing heat, and uh, this this uh, secondary is full of ball hawks. They know how to make plays. Um, I'd, I'd be looking elsewhere if I could in a one-quarterback league. Terry McLaurin, this is a tough name to have in the maybes. This is a guy who you know we kind of just expected because of what he did his first two years in the league that – you know, it didn't really matter the matchup and it didn't really matter who was throwing him the ball because he always just got it done. But uh, the reality is, Jeff, this season, he had some great performances early on, um, but he's just been so inconsistent, you know, in his last five games, five fantasy points, nine fantasy points, 18 against Carolina and then seven. And then this past week, obviously, the big uh, the big dud against Las Vegas. So. I'm not sure that I'm, you know, rolling him out with the confidence that I would have been a few weeks ago. Where do you, what do you think about Scary Terry? Uh, he's too good. He's too good to, I know I understand all the points you're making for sure, but he's just too good a talent. And uh, I think this one's going to be a shootout. So I would put him closer to a yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't know. He's two thirds of his games this year are under 10 fantasy points. Like he's, he's, kind of a low-end wide receiver too in my eyes right now um but uh yeah we'll see what happens anyways tony pollard i've got on the maybes just because we don't know we don't have a good update on his status yet um and obviously it's concerned with a foot injury and he's a running back and then uh jd mckissick and michael gallup um you know neither of these guys are too appealing to me gallup i guess has the big playability but it's a crowded it's a crowded uh, passing offense and McKissick. They're going to be careful with him and Gibson's just been too good right now. Uh, I think the Cowboys take this one. Which way are you leaning? Man, I'm struggling with this one. I just, this division is so ugly all the time. And this feels like, you know, what we see every year where one team looks like they're going to run away with it and then they lose a game and then they lose another one and everybody's even again. And I just, I feel like Washington's going to get something done here. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm calling like a crazy kick return play for the difference. I'm taking Washington and it uh you know, I hope I'm right just for entertainment value, but 
And this is just to shut up, uh, you know, the people that think I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> uh, moving on, yeah, the next matchup, uh, you know, it's a, two competitive teams that are hard to gauge as far as fantasy goes. Well, one harder than the other. Uh, the one ten and one Lions, you know, the, the Thursday night game we're, we're witnessing right now is between two teams that were unable to beat the Lions this year. Um, Ugh. And they're going to Denver to face the six and six Broncos. It's a forty-two point over under. Denver's an eight-point favorite uh, at home. Um, I've decided I'm officially a member of the Dan Campbell fan club. Uh, I just love this guy. You know, I don't know if you saw his post-game thing, giving the game ball to the victims of that terrible tragedy in Michigan. Uh, he's just this guy does it right, and I think uh, his team is is love is loving playing for him right now, and will do whatever this guy asks. And once they get some talent, if they're able to draft well, I think you know Detroit could be onto something here. Uh, or they, you know, they'll, they'll blow it and it'll be terrible, but I'm a fan right now. Um, and as far as the other side, man, you know, so Todd Johnson is one of the, the league managers in our, our league note, the league of extraordinary gentlemen, one of my friends for, you know, 30 years now. And a guy who knows football and, uh, I trust his judgment and he's a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. And I, I've watched him and I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't see it. Uh, Teddy two gloves doesn't do it for me. I know he keeps getting opportunities to starter but i don't think he's uh you know fantasy trustworthy he's got all the weapons in the world in denver and he still can't seem to get it done um and i don't think he's going to be there next year uh but he will be there this week and i think he's going to be you know in, in for a tight matchup that uh lions defense is playing okay they're playing inspired football and um for that reason i really don't trust anybody on denver's offense outside of the run game um, you know, I, like I said, they have a ton of talent and at the wide receiver, even at tight end. But uh, with the way Teddy's playing, I don't know if I, I trust any of them. This again, it's week 14. Um, and on Detroit side of the ball, you know, if DeAndre Swift is out, which looks pretty likely, he's looking pretty doubtful for this week. I don't think I trust anybody. I know Williams is, is probably going to get the volume, but Denver's D is no joke. And, you know, they're coming off an ugly loss uh, where the offense struggled. They know they have to be the difference to, to win football games. I think they're going to come out and smash and make it really hard for Goff and Co. So um, 42 points, is it might be a lot in this one. So I might take the under. Um, yeah, it should be interesting to see we'll see you know the like i said the practice report swift is looking like he's not going to be playing this week he's not doing anything at practice hawkinson the other weapon you would consider is limited at practice he didn't practice today with that hand injury um so keep an eye, an eye on his status as the week uh, unfolds here uh the the yeses for me are javonta williams who had that breakout game last week i know gordon could be back but i think javonta is going to have a nice role in a game where they could be leading the whole time and he could get uh, lots of work I'm starting Hawkinson if he's playing. I'm starting Williams in Detroit, even though I don't really love it. Um, But with that volume and if if Swift is out, you know, if Swift's playing, obviously he's in here and then Williams is out. But, uh, you know, just the way Detroit utilizes their running back, I think Williams is a start. And Melvin Gordon as well. I think if he plays, I think he's going to do enough, especially in, you know, that that five yards and uh, within the red zone. So um, I think I'm confident starting him. And my maybes are the wide receivers, uh, Judy's, Sutton's, Patrick's, even Noah Fant. I, like I said, I don't trust Teddy, so he's a maybe. Goff is a maybe. Um, Godwin Iguigabuke, I butchered it, but he's another guy I really don't trust. Uh, again, this one is a one where it's it's going to be an ugly football game, I think, and it's fantasy-wise, I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, big scoring uh, outputs. Maybe Javante Williams has a boom game, but other than that, it's it's hard to trust a lot of the names here. I'm taking Denver. Yeah, Igbo, Ig. Igbe Buke, Igwe Buke. Uh, he, um, Igwe Buke. Yeah, Igwe Buke. Uh, he split the snaps with, uh, Williams almost evenly. It was shocking. And he ran a ton of routes. He didn't get a lot of, uh, touches, 
but he was out there, um, you know, more than a part-time or more than a relief role. So it makes it hard to trust Jamal Williams, um, just if he's going to be limited to only half of the snaps. And obviously against this Broncos defense, that's not a great matchup for him. Um, I think that Gordon and Williams, like you said, I think they both offer you know, true value at that position. Um, this could be a game that's in control for Denver pretty quickly on. And, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon came out and said even last week, he felt like he was ready to go. And uh, the team made the decision. The team, you know, convinced him to basically take another week or said, we're not dressing you for this week. Uh, but he felt like he was good to go. So that's encouraging for his, uh, his status and his usage in this one. But uh, yeah, giddy up. Let's go Broncos. All right, up next we've got, uh, you know, we've got a rematch of the head-to-head battle on draft day all those years ago, the Eli Manning uh, competition here. We've got the New York Giants, where old Eli ended up at 4-8, and eight, taking on the Chargers. They were in San Diego back then, but playing in sunny L.A., and uh, the Chargers are 7-5 and five this year. 44 and a half point over under and big, big swing in this one. The Chargers are 10 and a half point favorites. So not a lot of uh, surprise the way that Vegas sees this one going. We've had a few games, Jeff, uh, on this week's slate that felt like, you know what? I probably don't have to check in too often on the old TV set. I can just look at the box score later on. Uh, and this might be one of those games when I'm setting out my, when I'm planning my viewing schedule for Sunday, this is not going to be high on the list. This is not going to be circled in red. Uh, the giants at this point are just struggling to field an active roster. Seems like every, you know, the, the three facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams, they're missing half of their players. The training staff is missing half their players. The bus drivers are getting sick. It's just a bad show. Uh, it's just a bad show for the Giants these days. Um, but it looks like they're starting to get a little bit healthier. And on the other side, the Chargers now are running on, are running a little bit low in the wide receiver room. Um, it's not looking great for Keenan Allen. And now Mike Williams also has been added to the COVID list. So we don't know uh, what we're going to see on the Chargers side of the ball, but uh, there's definitely a number of players that could help your fantasy squad in this one, but a number of players that you need to watch their status updates throughout the rest of the week. See the practice reports after tomorrow and keep an eye on Saturday night and Sunday morning. Now, one that you already talked about this episode is Saquon Barkley. Um, I like the matchup against the Chargers. You know, their run defense has been struggling. He showed up pretty well last week. He, uh, you know, he looked closer to the Saquon of old, I guess. Um, his upside is still limited, uh, like it has been all year by the Giants offense. But, uh, you know, he's he's going to have work and he's going to have opportunities against this uh, this porous Chargers run defense. Now, at practice this week. Lots of limited participation. That's good. Galladay, Tony, Shepard, all these guys have been limited. Uh, Even Mike Glennon back to limited from the concussion protocol. So it looks like he's in line to start. Daniel Jones is limited participant, which is encouraging with the neck injury. He may be back in a week or two. Uh, Saquon, I think just out of cautiousness limited. Eckler just out of, you know, cautiousness limited. And then, like I mentioned, the two wide receivers both inactive on the COVID list. Uh, so the yeses for me, Justin Herbert, absolutely get him out there. Austin Eckler, if Williams and or Keenan are active, I think you can put them out there. If Keenan's inactive and Williams is in, I think he becomes a must start. I think he, uh, you know, we saw the upside earlier this year um, and we could see the heavy targeting get back to him. 
And Saquon Barkley, you're rolling him out this week. On the maybe list, I don't know, man. Any Giants wide receiver, are you playing anybody this week? If it's Jake Fromm, there's no way I'm playing any of them. If it's uh, Glennon, uh, maybe Tony if he's playing, but probably none. What on earth is happening in the Steelers game, man? I'm watching. Oh, I know. <laughs> the snap, it's Ben volleyed it to Najee. Najee bumped it like they forgot what sport they were playing. They just did a three. They just did a three hit volleyball rally in the backfield and then completed a pass. Yikes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, not uh, not good. Now, if uh, if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, sorry, I can't even watch this game with a straight face. If Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both inactive on the COVID list, a name that you may need to look out for and probably is out there, he's only rostered in about 10% of leagues, is Jalen Guyton. Um, you know, you may have heard his name in passing uh, on the highlights or if you were watching the Bengals-Chargers game last week. But uh, Guyton went four for 90 and a touchdown, and uh, he stands to be kind of the main man if Keenan and Mike Williams are gone. So if you're looking for that desperation upside play, Jalen Guyton might be worth a grab. But uh, not a lot of surprise here. Both of us are uh, looking at the bolts to zap those Giants away. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers as well, man. I'm just watching Deontay drop a touchdown. He's no San Antonio home. Um, Jordan Palmer, I think, is another guy to watch. If both those receivers are out, Guyton and, uh, you know, deep, deep, deep dive in, in Palmer. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. But I think uh, it sounds like Allen should get back from what I've read. Our next game, this is the slobber knocker alert I've been looking for. I can't wait to watch this game. It's the 6-6 six and six 49ers going to Cincinnati to place the seven, play the 7-5 and five Bengals. It's a 48-and-a-half point over-under with Cincinnati a one-point favorite at home. This game's going to be awesome, I think. You know, I know, uh, you know, first of all, San Francisco coming off a tough loss last week. Their running back room is pretty beat up, um, but they always seem to find guys and make it work. So it sounds like Hasty and Wilson is going to be the combo this week. Mitchell is still not doing too much of practice with the knee and uh, head injuries. Um, oh, my gosh, we scored points. Um, so, yeah, but uh, – as far as you know, the 49ers need if they get Debo back, that's the kind of the key to their offense, as far as I'm concerned. I know Kittle and Jimmy Graham have an amazing connection and they went off last week, but Debo seems to be the key to that entire offense. Um, I know he's not practicing it, which sounds like he won't be back this week, but I still think it's going to be a really, really fun game. Uh, as far as the Bengals go, Joe Burrow obviously had that uh, pinky injury he suffered midway through the game last week, he was able to play through it and put up some pretty good stats. Um, and it doesn't sound like he's going to miss this week at all. And I don't think it's going to limit his ability to play either. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a slobber knocker, man. I'm really looking forward to this one. Both teams need to win, right? The 49ers are six and six. The Bengals are seven and five. If they want to keep pace in their divisions, if they want to keep pace in the wild card race, you know, we're running out of season here and they can't be losing these games and somebody is. So, um, I can't wait to watch this one. Um, real quick, Kyle, are you still taking T Higgins over Jamar chase? Uh, is it kind of the, the way we're doing this the rest of the way? Um, I, I think from what I've seen the last couple of weeks now, he has been limited this week at practice. He didn't practice Wednesday was limited today. Um, so it depends obviously on his status, but, uh, yeah, you know what? It it seems like it's shifted. Chase was the Jamar chase was the new hotness at the start of the year. And, and Higgins was uh, kind of banged up and we've seen chase cool off and Higgins, you know, his reliability, and his connection maybe from last year, um, 
with Burrow kind of coming to light here. So, um, you know, if you were ever for some reason in a situation where you had both of them, uh, I would, until I see otherwise, I would roll out with Higgins. Yeah, I think so too. I know Chase was a little vocal this week saying, you know, while I'm struggling here, I'd like to be moved around a little more. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do, um, you know, Tyler Boyd in the slot, they've kind of everybody, they've got studs everywhere and it's a good problem to have for Joe Burrow. Um, as far as the injury reports or the practice report, Elijah Mitchell, I mentioned he's pretty banged up. He did not practice. Debo is still not practicing. Uh, Jeff Wilson returned to full practice, so that's a good sign for the running backs there. Um, Joe Burrow did not practice yesterday, but it doesn't sound like he's going to miss any time. Holy crow, we got a turnover now. Let's make it a – anyways. Um, T. Higgins did not practice. He's already limited, and Joe Mixon did not practice. He's non-COVID, but it's an illness, so uh, that's something to monitor as the week unfolds as well. Samaje P. Ryan has been uh, – you know, filled in pretty nicely here when he gets the opportunity if Mixon's out. So if, if he is, that's a guy you're going to want to see if he's available in your leagues. Um, as far as the yeses and the maybes, yeah, I'm definitely starting Joe Mixon if he plays. I'm starting T. Higgins. I'm starting Jamar Chase. I'm starting Brandon Ayuk. I'm starting George Kittle. If Debo plays, he's definitely a start with the way they use him. Um, I maybe, I'm definitely starting Joe Burrow as well. I think he's going to have a great game in this one. Uh, Jimmy G is a maybe for me. Wilson and Hasty are both probably maybes probably for me and Tyler Boyd is on my maybe list as well, but you do a lot worse. Uh, He's kind of got a floor of, you know, at least three to five catches for 35 to 50 yards. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm taking San Francisco as well um, on the road. I think it's gonna be a fun game though. Yeah. I've got San Francisco in this one as well. Um, Burrow for me, the only hesitation that I have is that pinky injury. Um, you know, he, he toughed it out and played through, um, and, you know, made some good throws, made some bad throws. I'm interested to see a week later, how, how is it, is it, is it gotten, you know, more painful and stiffened up and swallowed up or, uh, has he loosened it up and kind of worked through it and, and, uh, and learned how to compensate for it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he performs in this one. All right, this is a big one, buddy. The Buffalo Bills at 7-5 and five, taking on Tom Brady, their mortal enemy, in his new home in Tampa Bay at 9-3 and three, Buccaneers, 52.5 point over under. Tampa Bay are three-point favorites. So this one, you know, you, you said we had a slobber knocker earlier. This one's looking like it's right up there too. Now, historically, Tom Brady has dominated the Buffalo Bills. I think he's... I, I believe he's played them like 35 times and he's won 32 of those matchups. Um, But he has struggled against Buffalo's defense since Sean McDermott took over in Buffalo as head coach. Even when he was winning, it was more to do with Belichick's defense than what Brady was doing. And in fact, he's thrown since McDermott got there, he's thrown more interceptions than he has touchdowns. So in this matchup, we've got the team with the most passing yards per game going up against the team that's allowing the fewest in Buffalo. So I'm interested to see, can the Buccaneers keep rolling along or is Buffalo going to be able to stand them up? Um, It's tough to say how the Bills are going to bounce back from Monday's demoralizing loss. That was a tough one for everybody. Um, I think it's safe to say that probably the Bucs are not going to follow the New England game plan. I think that Tom Brady's going to throw it more than three times. Uh, we didn't really talk about that because that game was on while we were recording on Monday night. But uh, 
yeah, pretty pretty gutsy play calling by New England. Only three pass attempts, and uh, I think it's going to be a little more little more uh, you know evenly split for the Buccaneers this week. And both teams' defenses are in a position where they're going to have to step up, step up and capitalize on any mistakes that the other team makes. This is going to be a good one. You know, for all the games that I'm going to be avoiding, this is one that uh, I'm going to be tuned in from start to finish on. So the yes is for me. You know, you're rolling with your usual cast of characters here. Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronk, Leonard Fournette, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, all of those all of those guys, you're, you're rolling them out there, you know, with varying levels of confidence, but they're in your lineup. There are lots of options in the maybes, but none that really stick out to me. Um, Ronald Jones, you know, he's basically, his usage is basically touchdown or bust. Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders have had their moments, but they've been up and down. They've been disappointing. Um, I wouldn't feel good putting either of them in unless I had to in a, you know, in a two flex league or something like that. And just when we thought we had the running game in Buffalo figured out, just when we thought Matt Breida was the guy, (laughs) he was asked to take a seat. Zach Moss pumped in there. Brought back from the dead for the third time this season and kind of got it done. I don't want any part of it. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breida. I don't want anything to do with any of those guys, especially going up against the Bucs run defense who are just dominant. So I guess the big question mark then is Dawson Knox. I talked about him last week, uh, Jeff, and I I faded him in last week's matchup against New England. Uh, Even coming off the big game the week prior, he was, what was he, three for 32 and two touchdowns. I didn't like that um, because without those two touchdowns, it's nada. What do you think in this one? Can you trust Dawson Knox as your tight end? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it seems like Josh Allen really does. You watch that game where they were challenging and couldn't get anything going, but when Josh Allen was throwing, he was looking for knocks, especially when he was under pressure and, and plays kind of broke down. So uh, I think Josh Allen, because he trusts Josh Dawson Knox so much, I think you, you can as well. Yar, give me the Buccaneers. Yeah, samezies. I'm taking to Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Man, at seven and six, it's crazy. You know, we're talking about a team that was a Super Bowl favorite and and you know this competitive team, and now seven and six, and their season's you know hanging in the balance. So they got to get hot. They got the uh, the Patriots coming up again in a couple weeks in New England. So uh, stay tuned, Buffalo. It could get interesting. Uh, our next game is Sunday Night Football. This one is going to be a lot of fun because Justin Fields is back. The four and eight. Bears are going to Lambeau to face the nine and three Packers. It's a forty-three and a half point over/under with Green Bay, huge favorites at twelve and a half points at home. Um, you know, Green Bay, like I said, uh, sorry, uh, Chicago Green, um, sorry, Chicago's quarterback Justin Fields is going to be back. Uh, he's been cleared and he's going to start for the Bears. I hope that means they are, you know, you know, he takes continues to take steps in the right direction. This is the time, uh, the first time he's played a team a second time uh, as he faced the Packers earlier in the season. He played like a rookie. He had like you know 100 and something yards, threw one touchdown, one pick, uh, ran for like 60 yards. So um, you know it's going to be interesting to see if that benefits him or if it benefits the defense now that they have some game footage on him as well. But uh, I'm glad glad he's playing. Hopefully he can finish the season healthy and show a lot of promise going into next year. Um, it sounds like Green Bay's getting healthier as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers said his toe injury is getting better after the bye week, and this is a team that's clicking. Their defense is playing great. The offense with you know Rodgers to Adams, that's all you need. Uh, Jones was able to get back in a limited capacity before the bye, so he should be full go uh, moving forward here for the rest of the season. 
You know, as we're doing these updates here, Kyle, I'm starting to realize Craig's team's getting healthy at the right time of year, and he could be trouble for you guys in the playoffs. Nope. Anyways, um, we'll see what happens as far as Chicago's receiver room. Allen Robinson is back to practice in a limited fashion. Um, it's better than not at all. I know he's had a terrible season. I just scooped him up in one of my leagues as a, you know, a Hail Mary Um but I don't have any expectations. We'll see what happens. Uh, but the focal point of the Bears offense is obviously David Montgomery, and he's pretty banged up. I don't know if you've seen the injury report, but it has, like, knee, head, oblique, <laughs> shin, body, just eyelash. Body. Like, he's hurting. Um, but it's due to a heavy workload, and that's what they do in Chicago. And if he's playing, obviously you can trust him. He's an absolute stud. Um, Dalton did not practice. doesn't matter. It's the field's day. Godwin – sorry, Goodwin did not practice as well. Monty with the hip, glute, and shoulder injuries. He's not practicing right now. Allen Robinson is limited. Devontae Adams is limited, but should be fine. Um, Randall Cobb is going to be out for a while from what I've heard. He's got some uh, core injury, and it's going to keep him out for uh, a long time. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is not practicing, but that's uh, you know to be expected for the, the veteran. I think he'll be out there when, when they tip off or kick off uh, Sunday night. Uh, so I'm starting Rodgers for sure. I'm starting Adams for sure. I'm starting Jones. Starting AJ Dillon, I think he's going to have a big game, especially when they get up. And I'm starting Monty on the Chicago side of things. Uh, my maybes are Fields, Mooney. You know, I think you can do a lot worse than Mooney based on the volume. Uh, MVS is a maybe for me. Cole Komet and the Green Bay D. And I'm taking the Packers at home. Yep, I got the Packers in this one too. And uh, one quick note, um, you know, for anybody out there listening who's just looking for that desperation play. So with the news on David Montgomery, I actually went out and I couldn't do it in our uh, in our LOEG. He was already rostered, but I went out in a couple of my leagues and just precautionary picked up Khalil Herbert. Remember what Khalil Herbert was doing earlier this season when Montgomery was out? Yep. So just, you know, on the off chance that uh, that Monty is not available to go, um, I, I stashed Herbert in a couple because he could be a plug and play week winner. Um, absolutely. Okay. Monday night football. We got the Rams eight and four LA Rams taking on the first place Arizona Cardinals at 10 and two 51 and a half point under over under and Arizona favored by only two and a half points. This is going to be a good one for all the games that the schedulers got wrong. Um, you know, even putting the lowly Bears against the Packers on Sunday night, they nailed this one. Monday night football should be a banger. We've got division rivals. We've got the Rams trying to reestablish themselves as a powerhouse. We've got Stafford trying to get back the MVP hype that he heard earlier this year. There are storylines all over the place. This is going to be like Attitude Era WWE style. Uh, when these two teams got together earlier, though, in the year, it was a bit of a blowout. It was, uh, yeah, it was Japanese hardcore wrestling. The Cardinals were just too much for the Rams <laughs> all over the place. They couldn't handle it. Um, I think Stafford threw a pick on the second series, and after that, they were just scrambling to catch up. Now we've got Kyler back and healthy in Arizona. Uh, the Rams are going to have to bring their A game. They're going to have to get pressure. The defense is going to have to step up. Murray's uh, mobility didn't look too limited the way he was running the ball last week. So containment is key. Now looking at the practice reports, Zach Ertz has been limited. Daryl Henderson still limited. Uh, not a lot of word on him, although the I did notice that the Rams brought up a third running back. That's not positive news for Henderson managers. Um, Cooper Cup limited, but nothing super concerning. And uh, you mentioned it already this episode, but Chase Edmonds for the Cardinals designated to return uh, from IR. 
Uh, could cut in a little bit, although Connor is still the guy. Still, Connor's still the main man now, uh, the way that he's been playing. So the yeses, absolutely Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, uh, Henderson or Michelle, whoever gets the start for L.A., um, you're rolling with them. And then uh, Kyler, Hopkins, and James Conner. Those are the those are the confidence plays. Um, and I guess Zach Ertz, if he's if he's available, I'd roll Ertz out there as well. Now the maybes, we've got a couple of receivers for both teams here. So we've got uh, AJ Green and Christian Kirk. Tough call on those guys. They they were heavily targeted and had success earlier in the seasons, and they've kind of cooled off. But uh, the potential's still there. And going the other way, these two guys kind of started cool, one on a different team, and are heating up lately. Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson for the Rams. I think uh, I'd feel better with either of the Rams guys than I would with either of those other two Cardinals, personally. Um, And Chase Edmonds, you know, if you're looking for a flex play, it's tough to roll a guy out there coming off of IR. I've mentioned this in the past. I usually like to, um, unless it's a stud player, I usually like to see see it before I uh, plug it in. But, uh, you know, it's week 14. It's do or die time. If you're desperate, go ahead in your flex spot. And I think the Cardinals keep it going. I think they uh, I think they sweep the Rams this year. I am absolutely terrified of this game. I won't lie. I'm in, a, in my league uh, through work. I have both Kyler and Stafford, and I kind of scooped up Taysom Hill to block my opponent this week. Uh, so I have three quarterbacks. I'm terrified I'm going to make the wrong decision. It's going to cost me my matchup. Uh, I'm rolling out Kyler just because uh, I love what he's doing, but I feel like the other two could go off. And, yeah, with Chase Edmonds, I mean, they just opened up the practice window, right? So he's he's not for sure going to play. you got to monitor that. And with it being Monday Night Football, they may not announce it until – it's too late for your lineup. So, uh, yeah, he's really, really hard for me to trust this week. Uh, like Kyle said, you want to see it before you get it. Um, as far as the game, I went back and forth. You know, it's hard for me to think that the Rams are going to lose both games, but the way the Cardinals' defense is playing specifically, and with Kyler, you know, when he's uh, going full systems, I, I think he's one of the best in the league. So I'm taking Arizona as well, but I think it's going to be a, a fun Monday night. Well, that does it for the NFL game previews. Let's check out one of everybody's favorite segments, our buddy Tyler and a sitting start. Coach, you can't put me in now. We can win this. It's just bad strategy. A sitting start. Hello, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to the last week of the regular season. Let's all stand up for these next three players because we are starting Javante Williams. Williams has been incredible as of late. In his last two games, he has scored at least 20 points and is going up against a Lions defense that allows the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Regardless of Melvin Gordon's status, Williams is a must-start this week against a hot Lions team. Taysom Hill. <laughs> Taysom Hill. I'm laughing because this surprises even me. But it is the last week, and some teams may be desperate, and the Saints play the New York Jets this week. The same New York Jets that allowed Gardner Minshew to pass for 242 yards and two touchdowns. But even more important is that the run defense is the worst in the league. Last week, Hill had over 100 yards on the ground, so say what you will, but those numbers are in Hill's favor this week. Third start, Dontrell Hilliard. The Jaguars have allowed over 125 yards rushing in the last four games. Titans have recommitted to running the ball, and Hilliard is the back that will be getting the heaviest workload. Before the bye week, Hilliard had 12 attempts, and he went off for 131 yards and a touchdown. He could be very helpful in getting you that last needed win. 
Now let's sit some guys. Let's keep sitting some guys. Mike Davis, do not be fooled by the 17 points Davis put up against the Buccaneers last week. The four weeks before that, he had a combined total of 17 points. He's playing against his former team, which may be a bit of a boost to his preparation, his mentality. You may be sitting there thinking, I have to start him. It's a a revenge match. I need to put him in my lineup. Don't do it. The Panthers have allowed the second fewest points to running backs and only eight touchdowns this season. Keep Davis on your bench. I've got another Falcon here. It's been a rough fantasy season for the Falcon players. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has been exactly what I predicted him to be this year, and that was disappointing. He plays the Panthers again this week. In that first matchup, he had two catches for 13 yards and was covered by former Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore. Pitts now has seven games in a row without a touchdown and three games in a row with less than 50 receiving yards, and I hate him for it. Kareem Hunt. Let's sit down Kareem Hunt. It won't be easy going into this week to tell if Hunt is even going to be 100% in this matchup, and it's an unfavorable one for him. The Ravens haven't haven't allowed a running back to score a touchdown since week seven. In the first meeting against Baltimore, both Chubb and Hunt combined for 15 carries and only 36 yards. Yikes. You cannot rely on Kareem Hunt this Sunday. Now, guys, I have no idea. And it's not just one person. It is all of the Arizona wide receivers not named Hopkins. Christian Kirk started hot. A.J. Green was the leading target getter for the first half of the season. This team is explosive on offense. So explosive. I all capped that in my notes here. But we don't have time to make decisions about if they're too, if they're too uh, hot that we have to – or sorry, too cold that we can't start them or, or if they're just playing an offense where we know that they might go off. We've had 14 weeks to make these decisions, and it's getting harder. These wide receivers in Arizona are making it hard. The same thing is happening in Seattle. Bigger names, D.K. Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett. But they're not putting the numbers up. We're getting in the playoff spot here. We either have to just trust that they have the potential to put the numbers up or we find someone with less points but more consistency. I'm not sure what to do in these situations, guys. What are your thoughts? So I like it, Tyler. Yeah, keep it coming. So his starts of the week this week are Javonta Williams coming off that huge day last week uh, against Kansas City. He's starting Taysom Hill, who kind of maybe is answering my question and concerns about the quarterback uh, controversy I have on my roster. And he's starting Dontrell Hilliard, who I, I didn't express the same confidence in, but uh, Tyler is uh, with his start. Um, his sits this week are Mike Davis of Atlanta, Kyle Pitts of Atlanta. I'm seeing a trend. And Kareem Hunt, um, he doesn't tr- that Cleveland run game, which has kind of been, you know, not the, the dynamic duo we're used to seeing. Um, it would be interesting to see if they get back on track after the bye week, but he doesn't trust them this week. And he has a question for us. So as far as, like Kyle mentioned, uh, with the wide receivers in Arizona, all the non-Hopkins wide receivers in Arizona and the Seattle wide receivers, do we just trust them and roll them out into the playoffs, or do we find somebody with a safer floor for our fantasy championship run? So for me, there's a clear split. Even though we've seen Russell Wilson struggle, the the quality of wide receiver that we're talking about in Seattle with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf um, and the upside play of them connecting with Russell Wilson is just much higher and seems more likely to happen. Um, and that's what we kind of make our decisions on in fantasy football, right? Not what's going to happen, but what's most likely to happen. So if I've got one of those Seattle wide receivers, 
and I don't have a for sure better option, yes, I'm just trusting them. I'm I'm going to roll into the playoffs. I liked what I saw a little bit more from Russ this past week. I think he's in for another good week right now. Um, that's what I'm doing with those two. But with the non-Hopkins Arizona wide receivers, there was a time this season where I felt good putting Christian Kirk in or putting A.J. Green in or even taking a flyer on Rondell Moore, but it just hasn't been there. Um, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere. They still have obviously the ability, the players are the same, but it's the, it's the usage, it's the targets. And now Hopkins has been out and he's healthy. Kyler's been out and he's healthy. I think we're going to see, you know, as much as we saw the ball spread around at the start of the year, I think we're going to see the, uh, the big cat in Arizona, the number one target be the number one target that we all expected him to be. So that's, that's the way I'd go. Seattle. Yes. Arizona, probably not. What about you? Where are you thinking? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Even, you know, even to think about the ceiling for these Arizona receivers, it's not really that high. So it's, it's not worth chasing it at this point. And uh, yeah, Seattle guys with the way Russ is improving, it seems like every week he's getting more and more comfortable and back to himself. I think, uh, you know, he's hitting lock lock it on deep passes and and DK is too good to be held down for this long. So I do trust them, but uh, the, the Cardinals guys, I don't think so. All right, buddy. Well, Dude, I'm starting to get some hope. Ooh, I'm starting really? to get some hope in yeah. this fun, this football couple, game here. I don't want to jinx anything. Anyways, let's carry on. Yeah, we got a couple of. Uh, well, everybody who's listening on Friday or Saturday, they're going to know how this game turned out. So either they're going to be excited for us, or just think that we're a couple of homer dummies who think that there's hope at this point in the fourth quarter um yeah we got a couple of quick segments to get to here before we wrap things up so uh you know we heard tyler's starts and sits let's give our own we got our our big guns out first we got the rambo of the week are you listening the fantasy fucking football rambo of the week who are you So, you know, this has been kind of a trend lately, Jeff. And, uh, you know, I was joking. (laughs) I was actually joking with Tyler. And, oh, and I should mention today, uh, happy birthday to Tyler. Uh, Sitting start on his birthday. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it big time. Happy birthday. Uh, Yeah, 57 today. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I was kind of joking that at the start of the year, I felt like for our Rudys, for our Rambos, I just could not make a pick. Everything I said, the opposite happened. You know, Aaron Jones has three big games in a row, and I say he's my Rambo this week, and he does nothing, and then the next week goes out and has four touchdowns. But the last little while, the trend is kind of reversed here all of a sudden. I had Alexander Madison as my Rambo last week, um, and a big, big game for him. 90 yards and a touchdown on the ground and three for 34 through the air and 20 fantasy points. And you, you know, you put your confidence behind number eight, Lamar Jackson. And uh, it was a tough, it was another tough outing. And uh, obviously it worked out for the Steelers, well, but not yeah. so much for the Rambo. <laughs> and remember what I said. I said, this is, I'm doing the reverse jinx here. I'm trying. <laughs> well, it so worked. It, mission accomplished as far as that went. Yeah. yeah. Seven sacks, seven sacks for Jackson last week. But uh, this week, though, I like your pick. This is I, I'm happy because both of my picks made it in. I was torn between two players, and uh, I went with one. And you, you know, unbeknownst to you, you picked the other one. I was thinking of, but I went with C. D. Lamb. He's had a couple of down weeks, as you know, he had a couple of down weeks, as did the Cowboys as a whole. 
Uh, and then he missed a game with concussion. But last week he came back. He was electric. Anytime he had the ball in his hands, he was looking to make the big play. Um, and I think that the Cowboys are going to look to build on that performance. They know what they've got in C.D. Lamb in his second season. He is a star. He is the future of this wide receiver core. Um, even with Amari Cooper returning to full health, I feel great about rolling C.D. Lamb out there against Washington. So, C.D., you're my Rambo of the week. Let's get it done. <laughs> Let's get it done. That's a great pick. You know, Washington has been getting chewed up by quarterbacks, so uh, CD is kind of due for that big boom game. Uh, my pick, and I guess, yeah, like you said, I didn't know you were thinking about this guy, but I just love this matchup. It's Austin Eckler. He's going uh, up against the Giants this week. Um, you know, I just – Honestly, I watched him last week. He put the ball on the ground two times against Cincinnati. You know how much this guy loves fantasy football, and you know he's too good to be doing that. I think he's going to have a huge bounce-back game against a really, really bad football team. Uh, and obviously, he does it through the passing game. He does it rushing, and uh, he's a big part of this offense. And I think the Chargers are going to go on a run here. This starts with the matchup against the Giants. Well, probably started last week against Cincinnati, and, and it's going to continue this week against the Giants. Uh, I think he could score is you know anywhere from two to five touchdowns based on how the Giants are playing football right now. But I think he will find pay dirt and i think he's gonna get a ton of catches and a ton of volume so austin eckler is my rambo of the week steelers hopefully score here (laughs) let's go to the guys now that uh you know are set up for uh to be in a pretty good position but we don't trust it we don't uh, you know these guys you you typically trust but um we don't like their their situations this week let's check out our munsons of the week let me give you some advice Stay away from this guy, huh? Give him a wide berth. He's what is called a born loser. The Roy Munson of the week. A real Munson. Holy crow, we just scored another one. Uh... Who are you going with this way? So yeah, let's check out last week. So I'm just I'm getting distracted by the Steelers game that is now potentially a one score game after giving me giving up on it. Um, but last week for the Munsons, Kyle, you had Stephon Diggs. You could trust. Uh, you didn't like the matchup against the Patriots. He had four catches for 51 yards, seven points in that terrible weather. Um, obviously not what you're looking for for your WR one. And I picked Tyler Lockett, who <laughs> I went back and forth last week between DK and Lockett. And ended up settling on Lockett. DK kind of had the dud game. Lockett found the end zone. He had seven catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown and 16 points. So, um, yeah, sorry. I, I missed on that one. But this week, I am, I'm feeling pretty good about my pick. I mentioned uh, this guy when I did the breakdown of the game. It's Hollywood Brown against uh, the Browns. Um, last time he faced them, he had eight catches for 51 yards. But I just don't love what I'm seeing out of the passing game in um, Baltimore. I think the... Cleveland Browns are going to come out uh, on like gangbusters. Their defense is going to be the story of the game. And that's why I think Hollywood will struggle. Uh, So he's my Munson of the week. I like it. I, uh, I think he's due for a bounce back uh, or sorry. I think that he's due for a crash back to earth. Um, And I'm in the same game as you, man. I think this is going to be a struggle. Sorry. I got too excited by the Steelers too. He's due to a bounce back to not being good. A bad bounce. Like a flat basketball bounce. Uh, no, I'm in the same game with you, and I'm going with Nick Chubb. And this is uh, this is a tough one because a lot of fantasy managers, myself included, are counting on Nick Chubb as their RB1 on uh, on an important week. 
But uh, like we mentioned, the last time the Browns went up against the Ravens, um, which was the last game that they played before the bye, uh, we were shocked on on our show here because we expected it to just be a ton of Nick Chubb and a ton of Kareem Hunt, and instead they, I think they ran 12 total times. Uh, now, I don't expect that to be the game script. I don't expect uh, the Browns to make the same mistake again, but Baltimore saw how easy it was to stop the offense when Cleveland couldn't run the ball, that's got to be their focus, right? Is is how do we stop the run? How do we make Baker try and make plays with his arm, which is not a good thing to do. You don't want that. Um, so they're going to sell out, try to prevent the run. As well, we talked about Baltimore's secondary is banged up. They've lost Marlon Humphreys. The Browns in their game planning need to be looking at that and and you know, thinking to themselves, that's how we're going to beat this team is not on the ground, but through the air where they're going to have trouble defending. So overall, it's not a great matchup anyways. Stranger things have happened. And, you know, Nick Chubb could certainly, he has the talent to make me uh, look like a fool, but he doesn't get a ton of receiving volume. And I don't think they're going to lean on the ground game the way that they have in the past. And it's a tough front to rush against anyways. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm steering clear of Nick Chubb this week. In spirit, I have to start him, Crazy. but I don't like it. Real Munson. Yeah, give him a wide berth. All right, man. Well, one more one more thing to talk about. I can't believe it. And then uh, we're going to have to settle in and watch the end of this game here. But uh, um, we're done with the NFL. We're moving on to the league that knows how to have fun. The L-O-E-G Game of the Week. Welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. And Jeff, I'll tell you what, buddy, there are so many important, no. you know, matchups with critical <laughs> with critical things. I just couldn't pick. So I went for, you know, a fan favorite. We've got your team training day taking on surprise. And you're going for your second win of the season in a rebuilding year. And I want you to get that win, Jeff. I want you to end the season on a high <laughs> note. I want your players to get back to the locker room on Monday night and uh, you know, celebrate. And go out on a high note and feel good going into the offseason. And I want you to put the fear of God back into this league for next year. This is just the beginning. I'm like so excited. I've been waiting for this season to end since it started. And, uh, you know, we got the playdowns too. So I'm looking forward to my team getting hot at the right time and me winning the first overall draft pick. Uh, you know, I do appreciate the shout out. It is a total rebuild year. And no, we got other matchups. I'm looking at them right now. The two seed versus the six seed. That's your matchup. It's projected within two points right now. And another one that has huge playoff implications. Number one versus number eight. Um, Kyle, or um, sorry, Tim versus Marty is also projected within two points after Najee's going ham here. So, uh, yeah, Steelers have scored five to or three touchdowns in five minutes and are hopefully making this a game. So let's get to it. Um, Dude, it's the final week of the regular fa- season for fantasy here. It's here, Falcomaniacs. If you have already punched your ticket into the playoffs, congratulations. Enjoy your stress-free weekend. If you're fighting for a position or just to make it into the playoffs, we're rooting for you. We want you to get to the promised land. And if this year wasn't your year, do not give up. Go out there, set your lineup, play spoiler, and end the season on a high note, just like Kyle said. Give yourself something to celebrate. We are here for you all during the fantasy playoffs and during the off scene especially. So please send us your questions. Email us at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com or leave us a voice message using the link in the show description. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Maniacs Football. Let's finish those season strongs, Falcon Maniacs. Get ready 
get ready and get after those fantasy Falcon championships. Let's go Steelers. And don't forget to set your Falcon lineups. Craig, thanks for leaving Cook on the bench. Oh, right at the end, he scored a bomb. <laughs>